Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Blue Surge Podcast. It is Mike with Joe. Craig is with us again for a second week in a row. Ibby is normally not with us on a Thursday recording. We are recording this on August 5th at around 11.30-ish a.m., so he will not be joining us with this week's episode. However, Craig, we're going to see if you can get two weeks in a row. Last week was awesome. We'll see how this week goes. Joe, how are you doing today? Uh, got a lot on the docket for myself today. It's that Thursday, right, before the weekend. So I am going on vacation, as I mentioned last week. That uh, So I'm getting a lot of stuff for my house done, cleaning up, cutting the grass. Um, just so I come back to a nice clean home and then do some laundry and pack. So I got a little bit to do today, but some of it can be idle in the background. I'm still chilling a little bit. So I got a list of things I need to do. And I want to get some of the Pokemon stuff. Now, I, get, I enjoy it out of the way, but I might be too tired by the end of the day. So that's why we're doing it in the morning. Nice, bright, and chipper, and I have a cup of coffee. So I'm going to do it okay. How are you? I'm doing all right. I mean, it's it's a good week for news for Pokemon. And that always puts me in a good mood when it comes to preparing for this week's show. Last week, we didn't have a ton of new information. That being said, though, we got a chance to look at a really cool smaller post-rotation tournament. If you didn't listen to last week's episode, I do encourage that you do. We kind of go over an event that happened where people played only post-rotation cards. Granted, we are missing an entire set, so it does not confirm anything. It does not cement anything. But it did give us a nice little scoop into what people were thinking about playing. So I do encourage you to do that. Um, But other than... Looking at the new news, how I'm doing, can't really complain. Weather's nice. We're getting towards the end of that summer, those summer months, I should say. But I've really been enjoying my time playing Pokemon on the side a little bit as we've moved along. Caught wind of the Players' Cup. Shoutouts to, was it, was it Alex or Chris Shemansky? Alex. Alex Shemansky, shout out to him for winning the Players' Cup with Rapid Strike Urshifu and Teleon, correct? Yes. And did you watch that final? be honest with you, no, I didn't. I, I, I watched all the way up until the final, I, and I wasn't able to. I worked this past weekend because I was leaving for vacation, so I was trying to swap with somebody. So I, in true fashion, of course, I worked on the weekends through the final. So. That's very true. Yeah, I wasn't able to watch <laughs> it either. But shout-outs to him for doing that in a meta with Shadow Rider, Calrex, uh, with ADP, Moltres, coming in with a Rapid Trial-style deck with the new Intellion that we all love. It was just really cool to see, and shout-outs to that deck list. Joe, I know you're a really big fan of Rapid Strike Urshifu, so I'm sure that was cool to see that deck be successful. Yeah, that, the list looks great. It's almost post-rotation. There's a couple things here and there. Like, like Pokecow is, is a great card, and I would love to use it, but I'm already on post-rotation mode, so I don't want to see it unless it's coming out again. That's very fair, but it was a pretty cool, cool list, yeah. Mm-hmm. Aside from those tournaments, there were obviously other online tournaments that we won't be going over today. In terms of the news for this week, as I said, we have a lot of really awesome stuff to cover. We have the list for the Trainer's Toolkit that features Crobat V. We've kind of talked about that on and off, and when this episode goes live, that product will be available for purchasing. We have some gym promos and some notable cards we'll be going over. We don't know if these promos will be coming to the U.S. They normally do in some form or fashion. We just don't know when. And then finally, we have the official reveal 
of our November set and fusion arts. So that's kind of the big focus of today's show. We'll kind of take it one at a time, have some discussions about everything, and then go from there. First on the list is the Trainer's Toolkit. As I mentioned, this is the one that we'll be releasing, I guess, today. Again, we're recording on the 5th. It comes out on the 6th. It is $29.99, features Crobat V, and then those weird reprint, remaster, changed Miss Magius and Sabrina and Bryson. We talked about those a week or two ago. They are rotating their Sun and Moon promos. This is just Pokemon's way of saying, hey, we banned these cards, we eroded them. You never got them, so here they are. They have no real relevance past that. Obviously, the Crobats are nice, and then we get to actually see the list of trainers. Out of the list, you are going to get two copies of every card we mentioned. This is similar to the previous Trainers Toolkit that had Dedenne. Some notable cards, Air Balloon, Boss's Orders, Cape of Toughness, Cheryl for those who enjoy those healing decks, Marnie's, Level Balls, Research, Ordinary Rod, Switch, Rare Candy, Quick Balls, the list goes on and on. There's probably about mm, 20... 20-ish really playable cards. It would be awesome if you get a playset of four, but two kind of gets you at least in the motion of getting them. If you really wanted to buy two kits, that would obviously complete it. $60 to have most of the staples that are needed in the card game isn't terrible. I wouldn't say it's great, but it's not terrible. You are getting four Crobats as well and four Special Energy in the form of Single Strike, Rapid Strike, Coating Metal, and Capture. So again, if you get two of the kits, you would have four of each of these cards. One kit, there's two, however, which isn't terrible. Joe, what do you think of this list? Again, a lot of playable cards. You mentioned before we recorded that you wish it was four copies. The last one didn't do it either, but what's your opinion on everything in, in general? Um, in general, it comes with a great set of cards. As time has gone on, I know we keep on comparing when I first got into the game about these kinds of kits that is so expensive to get into. And honestly, it's kind of hard. I'm curious what things would be if I priced things out as they were now with this list. I wonder if it even equal $30 at this point. Because the last Heroes Toolkit to time the Denny's are still a little more expensive. Crowbats are dirt cheap right now. So it at this point in time, yeah, it, it's nice to get everything in one toolkit for 30 bucks and just take it. But I'm trying to debate, like, in my mind, is is it really worth... If you take, take the time into it, can you save some money by piecing everything out? That's a fair point. I actually might agree with you there. It actually might be cheaper than $30 when you actually price it out. A lot of these trainers could be sold for, like, 25 cents. So it maybe doesn't even out to 30 in terms of the cards. Then again, you are also getting four booster packs. You are also getting all your basic energy, sleeves, tournament legal dice. So with all of that in mind, it probably does reach $30. But I, I do like your point about the cards themselves. Like if you're in a rural area and don't have easy access to cards or things like that, and you have Target or Walmart near you and you see them, great. You got something to play with, right? So yeah. like, there's, there's definitely advantages to it. Um, but in the areas that we areas that we live in, probably not as much. Well, we're also established players, right? True. 
we know how to navigate TCG player. We know how to do all this. And the average beginner or maybe the average uh, younger player or parent getting something for their kid if they want to get into the card game, this is just perfect because, again, $30, even if it doesn't measure exactly up to $30, it has got to be pretty close. When you put into consideration the extra things you're getting, I would go ahead and say that this is a no-brainer purchase for new people and new players. For us, for us, it just doesn't matter, right? Because we're established players. All the cards on the list, we already have a, a four of. And if we didn't... We have, there's not, we have eight of them, at least. Yeah, we have, an, like, we have access to the cards we need. But for the people that don't, I think this is perfect. Any other comments on the Trainer's Toolkit? Nope. Decent price. Decent price point. Decent price point. And again, this will be out when this episode goes live. So check your Targets, your Walmarts. It should be in stock, your LGS. I don't know what the demand is for a product like this. I'm not. I'm thinking it's not going to be that crazy because it is basically for new players and Crobet isn't a $30 card or anything. So if you want it, it should be out there for you. Moving on to some promos. A couple of days ago, Poke Beach posted some gym promos that have been announced for Japan and Hong Kong. There are some evolutions. A lot of these aren't great. We're really not going to go over them. The only cards of notable levels are Dracovish V and a new trainer card that we're going to go over. So this will be on the quicker end. And then we'll move on to the fusion arts from there. So Dracovish, we'll start over here. Dracovish is a 220 HP dragon type V card. For one, grass and one water has the attack Bite Crash. This does 60 damage. Before doing damage, discard all Pokemon tools attached to your opponent's active Pokemon. If you discarded a tool in this way, it does 120 more damage. Based on the text, it sounds like if you are playing against a Pokemon with multiple tools, it doesn't say for each tool, so I imagine it's 180 whether you have multiple or not. For one grass and two water, Dragon Strike 210, and your Pokemon cannot use this attack during their next turn. Because it's a dragon, it has no weakness or resistance, and it has a retreat of three. Joe, I love Dracovish. This is not a great card, but what is your opinion on the card in general? It has interesting attacks. I do like the first attack and how much it can potentially do, but part of it's part of my inexperience probably saying this because I haven't played in a while nor watched a bunch of games. I don't know how tool cards as prevalent they are right now. Like, I'm sure there's here and there. There's some stuff, but... It's not like back when we were playing Sun and Moon with choice bands and things like that and weakness policies. Uh, I don't know how relevant Dracovish is going to be. Plus, it's a very awkward... It's a very awkward combination of poke, uh, types. Grass and water. Not really m- much in a combination. Obviously, you have your um, Rillabooms and things like that to accelerate, but it takes more water than grass. So it's a, it's a really awkward, in my, in my opinion, a really awkward card. Yeah, it, it really is awkward. There, the grass and water, as you said, there's not, there's not a whole lot of synergy that exists. At least not that I can really think of off the bat. Right, and even if there was, would you be playing it? I don't even, I don't even know. I don't even know what. Like you said, what cards out there would be f- terrified of getting hit for 180 by this Dracovish? 
You know, you can just not play a tool. We've talked about this a hundred thousand times where cards are not good if it relies on your opponent making the decision to make it better. If your opponent plays a tool, this is a better card. If your opponent doesn't play a tool, it's not better anymore. And if this was a one attachment attack, maybe you could make the argument, but it's not. It's a two energy attack and it's two energy that cannot be accelerated at the same time given what we understand about the cards in rotation. Is that fair? That's fair. The next card on the list is Blunder Policy. This is an item that states, if you use an attack on the Pokemon this card is attached to, because it's a tool, and get Tails, draw three cards at the end of your turn. You may play as many item cards as you like during your turn, yada, yada, yada. Basically, Blunder Policy, it's a tool. If you flip Tails, you draw cards. I don't know if it stacks, like if you got multiple tails, but what do you think? Is it, do you think it's multiple tails? Is multiple tails possible with this tool card? The way it's been translated, it seems feasible. It's hard to tell. So basically, putting in perspective and trying to example of what, what we're trying to place here. So there was a, was a Blissey deck, right? Sometime in, it was somewhere in Sun and Moon. Yes, that yep. that you would flip a coin for each energy on it. So people would play with Trip Accelerated, Welder, so you'd be flipping like five, six, seven times. You got 80 or 90 damage per flip or whatever if you got heads. Mm-hmm. So is this a way that you play a deck like that where if you get Tails, you just keep on drawing, which is kind of nice? Or is it just one and done? So that's kind of where I kind of have to reserve myself a little bit and f- wait until I see what the English translation says or get some further insight from uh, a professor and see how the interaction should work. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to assume at this point in time, just based on how things are worded, that if you have the opportunity like you have with Blissey where you flip multiple times, it doesn't end on Tails, right. that you're drawing three cards for each Tails you hit. Which could be pretty nuts. I think. That each that each is where it matters. Yeah. Right. And that's what we don't totally know yet. Based on the text, it it just says if you use an attack and get tails, draw three cards. So based on the I don't know, based on the text, it's weird. We also have that Maractus that we saw that's gotten played kind of as a meme card itself, where it has that attack yep. for one one grass and a colorless powerful needles, where you flip a coin for each energy. And it does 60 for each energy, every heads you get. So if you accelerate a bunch of grass energies using, I want to say it's Cherim to attach all those energies and you flip tails in the process, do you, do you draw a bunch of cards? And the same goes for Waylord V. It's another one that people have mentioned. Four water energy, 120, you flip three coins. Each heads, you do 120 damage. If for each tails you draw three, or even really one in this case, you assume Waylord is going to be a control Dolly deck, even though the HP doesn't doesn't necessarily encourage that. Waylord likes this card, right? Yeah, I I would assume so. So again, with my assumption, if it, it each tails takes three cards, like it, that's pretty OP for any stall deck. Really, you just find a card that flips a lot. Right. It's. I don't know. It's a weird card. It's a card that exists 
And it's good that it exists because coin flip decks are sometimes fun, sometimes not. Unless you're Whimsicott GX, then I hate you. Yeah, because there's a lot of risk-reward, right? With flip decks, a lot Uh of times. So this puts a little bit less on the risk, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. It's a card that, I'll say it again, it exists, it's cool that it exists, but that's about it, right? Yeah, we'll have to wait and see where this card lies when it comes out and kind of just keep it in mind, but don't totally discount it. Very fair. Anything else on these gym promos? Again, we didn't cover the evolutions. I don't think there's a whole lot to cover concerning them, but anything else you want to go over? No, we'll just mention briefly what's there. There's a Leafeon, a Glaceon, um, and then there's an Eevee. But besides those Eevee evolutions, there is a Beltoy and a Krogunk. And that is it. Right? That's it. That's pretty much it in terms of the promos. The gym promos never really bring us a whole lot anyway. They're they're beautiful arts. Like the Eevee looks beautiful. Um, so well, if you're calling the Eevee's evolution, mm-hmm. and it's actually quite concurrent of what everything else is in the art too. So you have Eevee that looks like at a plant, and then when you hit into a Glaceon, it's like a snow thing with a little flower there. So it's kind of protecting that. And then there's a Leafeon in the forest with a, a similar flower. So it's kind of nice to see this like synergistic art style if you're looking for that kind of stuff. I agree. Hopefully those gym promos come soon. They probably will come in the form of blister packs or something like that. But for now, we wait. Now we move on to the big piece of news for this week. We've been talking about it for, I feel like, forever. Finally, over the last week, fusion art has been revealed. On top of that, we also know the name of our next set. The English set, Fusion Strike, will release on November 12th. As most fall sets do, usually that second week in November. Along with that set, we are having all the cards featured with the Fusion Arts ability. Uh, I I say ability lightly. Basically, to sum it up, Fusion is the third battle style. We have Single Strike, we have Rapid Strike, and now we have Fusion Arts. I don't know if it'll be called Fusion Strike in English. It'll probably just be called Fusion and we got a bunch of cards that use this, this attack style. So we're going to go through them. We're going to go through each card because they all have a very significant play into this art as a whole. And then we're going to discuss how it could or will impact the card game when it is released. First up on the list, we have the centerpiece of the set and the centerpiece of Fusion Arts as a whole. Mew V and VMAX. Mew V is a Psychic 180 HP basic for one Psychic Energy. It has Energy Mix. Search your deck for one Energy and attach it to one of your Fusion Pokemon and shuffle your deck. For one Psychic and a Colorless, Psycho Jump, 70 damage, and you may shuffle this Pokemon and all cards attached to it into your deck. Has a Retreat of 0. That's the notable thing there. It is weak to Dark and resist Fighting. 0 Retreat, though, is a pretty big part of this. Mew VMAX, 310 HP. For two colorless, has the attack Cross Fusion. Choose an attack on one of your benched fusion Pokemon and use it as this attack. For two psychic, Max Miracle, 130, and this damage isn't affected by any effects on your opponent's active Pokemon. It's weak to dark, resistance to fighting, and still hosts that zero retreat cost. 
Looking at these cards as a whole, I do enjoy Mew V's second attack where it shuffles itself back into the deck. There's always gimmicks that could be played with there, especially with Memory Capsule. The VMAX, though, is a really, really solid card. We'll go through all the fusion attacks, but having the ability to copy an attack we've seen with Mew, Mewtwo Tag Team, it doesn't even need the energy cost. It just needs to be a benched fusion Pokemon. You can use the attack for two colorless. Two Psychic Energy, 130 flat, ignoring effects, meaning that the things like Decidueye, that's not a blocker anymore. For a Fusion Arts-style deck, that doesn't exist. So the Altarias, the Decidueyes, they don't really care about it. Mew just hits it for 130, and you're done. It's over with. Joe, what are your comments or thoughts on Mew as a whole? Uh, it, I think it can be pretty scary. Uh... It's great for your retreat. Uh, I'm glad they're bringing like this toolboxy thing back into the mix. I think one of the things that are kind of underrated that not many people will kind of realize and maybe possibly use. I don't think there'd be a situation that, but but potentially, um, it states specifically choose one of your bench fusion Pokemon. So it doesn't necessarily mean you have to use your your V fusions. You got your baby fusions too. So if there's something specific you're looking for in a baby fusion that you want to use, and I highly doubt that there's anything like that, but who knows there's a stage two that maybe maybe good or not that could work really well with it. I agree. And we're gonna go through those cards soon. It's just zero retreat. I I think one of the best parts about the card is that second attack. Or that V max, or the Max Miracle. Yeah, I, I I like the first attack over the second attack, but I'm not. I don't hate it. No, let me re, let me re 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 say that. Cross fusion is the stronger attack, but I just love Max Miracle as a supplemental move because it's the same energy cost, the same type as the card, and again, it deals with one of those nuisances which Mew V Max is going to have to deal with. Any card that hosts that ability where it's immune from damage from Vs, they, as long as they're 130 HP, which I believe both of them are, Altaria and Decidueye, that's one less thing that can deal with Mew VMAX. And, and I don't think Mew VMAX is a, at the moment, an oppressive or broken card, right? It's just a really... The, uh, p piloting this card, I guess I should say, is not going to be easy. So I like the fact that it has that supplemental attack. I don't think Mew VMAX, when we start reading these cards and you see the difference and variation of what it has to use, it is not going to be a deck for people that just slap together a list of 60. Yeah, so like before when you had Mew, Mew and Mewtwo, right? Like you had the whole discard pile or play to deal with. Now you have a little more like limitations in terms of how many you can actually use because you have five to a bench. Unless any other card that comes out that increases your bench size besides Eternatus, but um, there is total potential uh, in this deck, especially if you know how to pilot which cards you would need to have. Absolutely, I I just love this card so much, and we will I'm sure get an alternative art that's crazy, but we will move on. The next card on the list is Hoopa V. Hoopa V is a dark type with 220 HP. Again, it does have the fusion tag. I believe every card we mentioned for the rest of the show will as well. Has the ability Double Face. As long as this Pokemon is in play, it is both a psychic and a dark type. 
For two dark and a colorless, shadow impact 170, and you put three damage counters on one of your own Pokemon. Weak to grass, has a retreat of two. When we look at these cards, we first have to compare it to Muse Attack. Having to hit 170 for two colorless if Hoopa's on your bench is pretty cool. Hoopa's ability that makes it two types is also pretty cool, especially for the weakness pool. Being a Psychic and Dark are two very prevalent offensive typings. Shadow Impact knocks out a Fighting type or a Psychic type because of the types that Hoopa V covers itself. What's your opinion on Hoopa V? This is going to be a very uh, playable card in Eternatus. Oh, yes. Eternus is struggling right now. Not to say struggling. It's in not a great spot because it gets hit, for, especially with Rapid Strike Urshifu. Like, granted, it could pull off a win or two, but the odds aren't that great. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hoopa V just pushes it over the edge to probably what Eternus, what, tier two, tier one, I would say, personally, at this moment, to back to tier one meta. Mm-hmm. Like, this is it pushes it over. So, like, Eternatus, uh, Galarian Moltres, Hoopa V, Crobat. The Eternatus V in VMAX is going to get pretty nuts pretty quickly. Yeah, I'm excited to see this card in play. I mean, it, it's going to be a card that throughout its lifetime is going to be impactful. Too dark and a colorless is not a difficult thing to achieve. And again, 170 hits that perfect number. Right, 340 is kind of that number where it's like, okay, you're you're probably knocking out exactly what you need to. Three damage counters, not a big deal. Really, you don't even need Mew VMAX. As you just related to Eternatus, this card's already a Psychic type, so you don't need Mew to provide that for it. It just will be able to hit two of the most prevalent types in the card game. That's that. I mean, Hoopa V straightforward is probably, you could argue it's the best card on the list that we're going to talk about today. You can make the argument. Next up is Genesect V. This is a steel type 190 HP card. Has the ability Fusion System. Once during your turn, you may draw cards from your deck until the number of cards in your hand equals the number of Fusion Pokemon you have in play. So at most, six. I guess you could finick around with Eternatus, but we're going to say six for the time being. Two Metal and a Colorless, Technoblast, 210, and this Pokemon cannot attack during your next turn. It's weak to fire, has a retreat of two. Joe, Genesec's role pretty much lies in the ability, right? I mean, the attack is cool. I'm sure it has its use somewhere along the line. But for the most part, aside from maybe attacking a Alcremie VMAX, like with the current meta, Genesec V is going to be used for its ability, correct? Ability and probably solely ability, honestly. Uh, it will not be played in Turnus VMAX because it can't use any anything else besides Dark types. Oh, true. Yep, yep. There's my hiccup on that. Yep. Um, but other than that, it, it, it it's it's there for attack solely for attack. But on the flip side, if you're playing with Mew, two ten ain't bad for two energy. Not at all. Two ten isn't bad. I mean, a lot of these damage numbers we're gonna say today aren't bad for two colorless energy. Especially if you can free retreat back and try to reset. Yeah. Right? Oh, it's awesome. It's really. I mean, again, these cards in combination with Mew, it it's hard not to rely them or relate them back to that card. 
Next up on the list, we have Oracorio. This is a non-V, so now we get into the basics. Uh, the Stage 1s, the Stage 2s, they still have the Fusion Art tag. 90 HP Fire type has the ability Fervent, Fervent Lesson. As long as this Pokemon is in play, your Fusion Pokemon take 20 less damage from your opponent's attacks. You cannot stack this ability. For one Fire and a Colorless, Passionate Drop, place 5 damage counters on your opponent's Pokemon in any way you like. Weak to water, a retreat of one. The ability softens the blow for a Mew VMAX that only has 310 HP in comparison, let me say that, to other VMAXs. Not that 310 isn't a lot, but it, it brings it to that 330 threshold. And damage counters. We know how important damage counter abilities can be. Damage counter attacks, and now Mew has another card to work with, right? That's just another tool for Mew. It, they can use the attack and may not use the attack and it it's it's going to be super niche when you want to use it but it it could take and it and it totally is useful as a one of because it turns non-perfect knockouts into perfect knockouts right that's what damage counters are usually used for it's for uh -huh. building up that checkmate situation and it just does that perfectly next up we have clam pearl huntail and gorbis for those of you who do not know, Clampearl has two evolution stems it can go to. It can either move to Huntail or Gorbis. Both are water types. Both have 110 HP. Huntail has the ability Single Strike Jammer. As long as this Pokemon is in play, your opponent's Single Strike Pokemon require one colorless more to use their attacks. For one water, two colorless, it has an attack for 80 damage. It's not really important. It's weak to lightning and has a retreat of one. So Huntail makes it so single strike cards require an extra energy. Gorbis, as you could guess, has an ability that involves Rapid Strike cards. Rapid Strike Canceler. As long as this Pokemon is in play, your opponent's Rapid Strike Pokemon have no abilities. Has Draining Kiss, 50 damage, and you heal 30. Weak to Lightning, Retreat a 1. So the general conversation here is Huntail makes it harder for your opponent's single strikes to attack, which at the moment isn't a big deal. That could change with Duraludon. And then Gorbis is obviously the more interesting one because it shuts off Octillery. It shuts off the new Inteleon. It shuts off a lot of cards that Rapid Strike players like to rely on or maybe would think of relying on. What are your thoughts on these two cards, Joe? With Huntail, uh, it takes a lot of energy to make a single strike work as of now. Right. And needing to require one more is kind of a big deal for it. I suppose Rapid Strike is whatever because you have the Rapid Strike energy. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's a pretty decent hindrance uh, for single strike triggers. So I'm not really upset at that. Uh, I was starting to get really more uh, upset with Gorbis the more I thought about when it first came out. But on the flip side, the more that I'm thinking about it, I'm not as concerned anymore. And I'll explain why. Because I have been doing Urshifu with Chinchino, and I had—I don't have the heart to pull it away from each other and kind of rebuild with the Inteleon. So I think this is going to force Urshifu Rapid Strike players 
to play either Chinchino or roll the dice and hopefully you don't run into this with uh, the Italian line. Because I, I think Urshifu, Urshifu with Italian is very strong um, and hits a lot of better numbers, but I don't think it's completely necessary. Um, so if you feel that Corbus, Gorbus is going to be an issue, I, I think people are just going to go start to Chichino Bill again. I mean, and that's not to say that a Rapid Strike Urshifu can't just knock it out. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, I, it's 110. Like, it's not, it's not like, difficult. Like, you can snipe it, so it's not that big of a deal. You could use a first attack for, for the VMAX as well, if you kind of like, a, well, I forgot what it's called, but the first impression type of thing, right? You mm -hmm. come on, you do more damage. Um, so it, it's, 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 do, it's doable to play around, I guess. Kind of like the Muse, right? Like, Rapid Strike has to deal with Mew. Uh, like the bench barrier Mew. Right. And like I have found ways around it. Usually it's just resource management and saying, okay, I just gotta wait till I get a boss or something like that, or figure out way how to call it up. And then I'm in, I'm golden, right? So I, yeah. it's it's a it's a lot more annoying to deal with this one in comparison to Huntail. I'd probably have to make the assumption. Mm -hmm. Um but I it's definitely strong and I, the fusion so far, based on what we've talked about in red, is already in a strong spot now. Oh yeah, and, and you know what, Gorbis, Gorbis's level of success is kind of related to how I see people play Path to the Peak now. Path to the Peak is a card that shuts off abilities of non-rule box Pokemon, and basically, what I've seen people do, basically, what I've seen people do is they'll play it even with abilities on the board, and you don't play it for the game. You play it for the turn, right? It's way more about timing than it is about sustainability and its ability to survive on the board. Gorbis is going to be the same thing, where your goal is to play Gorbis on the turn. You need Gorbis to be played and not much past that. If you're having Gorbis sit on the board for multiple turns, your opponent just isn't playing around it correctly. So I agree with what you're saying. It shouldn't be too hard to deal with, but it does. It, it gives you another tool that is very, very usable. It, it'll very, buy you at least a turn or two. Which is so, all you need. Which is all you need. It's all you should need, at least, right? Yeah. It's all you should need. But we will move on. The next card is Toxitricity. Again, we do have a Toxel. Both of them are fusions. This has the ability Max Downer. And also, I forgot to say, it's a stage one, 120 HP lightning type. Max Downer states, this ability only works if all of your Pokemon and player fusion Pokemon. As long as this Pokemon is in play, the HP of your opponent's VMAX Pokemon is 30 less. For two lightning and a colorless, head bolt 90 damage, weak to fighting, retreat of two. Max Downer is a fascinating ability because removing the amount of HP on a card, kind of lowering the cap or the threshold you need to knock it out, it's a little more niche than I'd say damage counters. I would rather play the damage counter build with Oracorio as an attack. That being said, though, aside from it being another tool, because that's like a broken record. We're going to say that for the rest of the episode. If you're building a fusion arts deck, is this good enough to put in the list? Because this is one of the cards, the first one we'll talk about, where I'm not so certain I'd actually put it in the list, aside from just being another fusion tool. 
you would have to you would have to figure out how you want to play your deck. You would either have to so I I think we can confirm that Clamper Huntail Gorbis is gonna be almost an instant. I think Oracorio is too. And Oracorio. And at this point we're starting to get pretty clunky when you start talking about Toxel and Toxitricity. Um but if you're going for strict hard damage and if you don't mind me jumping ahead a little bit go for it uh talking about power tablet it's a trainer card fusion mm-hmm. during this turn your fusion pokemon attacks do 30 more damage to your opponent's active pokemon uh so basically we have e-power back mm-hmm. uh in the, in the form of aiding the fusions so do you go like high damage like with the muse stuff and everything else and go strictly toxicity and things like that and then start pumping away with power tablets like it, it depends on what you want to i guess your play style do you want to be a hindrance and try to get ahead by slowing your opponent down or do you just want to smack hard yeah or i mean i mean in toxicity stack because it doesn't say it can't as of now, it says you can't. So let's just assume that it can't. Yeah, I agree. It, it, it requires you to build differently if you plan on using it. I don't know. It's just a card that exists. That I mean, if you can, if it does stack, then obviously we're talking about something different. But that being said, it's a lot of toxicity to put on the bench. It would be interesting to see how it gets played. I can't that, imagine it would stack. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I don't I don't know if it would either because that'd be a really weird thing. But also, even if it did, are you really just stacking your bench with toxicities? I don't. Really know. <laughs> that that's that's a different question for a different day. Next up on the list is Dragapult. The first two evolutions, Dreepy and Dracolok, do not have any fusion-related attacks, although they do have the tag. Dragapult is a stage two, 150 HP psychic type card for one psychic fusion assault. 30 damage times the number of fusion Pokemon you have in play. For one Psychic and a Colorless, it does 120. It's weak to Dark and has a Retreat of 0. Obviously, 0 Retreat is cool. The first attack is really nice because for 1 Energy, you can hit for 180. I don't think I'd play this card, though, because it's a Stage 2. And sure, I guess you could... If you're just playing a Psychic variant of Fusion, which you can do with Hoopa, can do it with other cards I'm going to mention on the list. A Dragapult I put in the same category of Toxitricity. It's a good card. That attack is actually really cool, but with Mew, there's a lot of ways to hit damage bigger than 180 or just as big. And you still need two energy anyway, right? You can't take advantage of the one psychic cost because of what Mew's text says. Yeah. Uh, for me, Dragapult went to okay to kind of bad if you had changed one specific word actually just omitting one word from the uh, fusion assault instead of pokemon you have in play if it had pokemon in play in terms of fusion i think this card would be a lot better it'd be playable it'd be playable like and i'm even cool going to two energy costs for that for that check text change too well, because you'd probably be using it with Mew anyway, so you're going to have to use two energy anyway. Yeah. You know, you're probably not running Dragapult as your fusion deck. No. I hope not, at least. 
So I, I don't really know. This is a card that's really cool. It has a cool attack, free retreat, but it has that stage two hindrance. And as you've mentioned, the stuff you talked about kind of holds it back from being a super playable fusion card. The other psychic type we have is Meloetta. Meloetta has a 90 HP psychic basic for one psychic and colorless Melodious Echo. 70 damage times the number of fusion energy attached to your Pokemon. So in tandem with this card, I might as well mention the fusion energy itself. It is a special energy that states this card may only be attached to a fusion Pokemon. If it isn't attached to that Pokemon, it is discarded, and it provides one type of any energy, but only one at the time, just like all the other ones. So you have four of them on the field. It can hit 280. This is way better than Dragapult Attack. I'd rather and just it's just basic. Live. Yeah. Yeah, it's a basic, and you're going to be running special energy because of the multiple types you're playing in Fusion Art. And I'm sure there's going to be more special energy because Rapid Strike and Single Strike have two. So I think there'll be more opportunity in the future where this is a great tech. And again, pop it into the Mewtwo. I have no problem with that one. Oh, yeah, with Mew, it is awesome. It is awesome. This is just sorry, Mew, I'm sorry. <laughs> you're, no, you're good. We know what you meant. It is Meloetta is just flat out a good card. No questions asked. Next up on the list is Smeargle. Smeargle is a colorless 70 HP basic fusion Pokemon for one colorless trash sketch. Choose up the two fusion training cards from your discard pile, show them to your opponent, and put them into your hand. For three colorless, tail whap for 80 damage. Weak to fighting, has a retreat of one. So Smeargle is a trainer recursion card, or however you want to look at it. It has its niche in my playstyle, it's not a niche that I really care about. That being said, though, we haven't read all the Fusion Trainer cards. We know Power Tablet is one of them, so that is definitely worth it. But we'll have to see where Smeargle goes in terms of playability. It's a good card. It's always good to have cards like this, but it is it, it does require an attack. And I guess it's a nice Mew tool to use. Like, I can see Mew using the attack, but I can never see me putting a Smeargle in the active to use the attack. I can. I think Power Tablet such a, a such a powerful card for Fusion, seeing how important it was for uh, the electric types for E-Power. So maybe it is worth it to get those powers out. I, I wouldn't go more than one, if anything, but it, it's something I can't completely discount, especially if if this becomes so strong because of Power Tablet. I could agree with that. That's a fair point. Moving out of the trainers, we have a few cards left. We have Elsa's Sparkle. Or Elisa's Sparkle, however you want to say the names. It is a supporter fusion card. It says choose up to two of your fusion Pokemon and play. For each Pokemon you choose, search for a fusion energy card and attach it to that Pokemon. So really great synergy with Meloetta. Just really good energy attaching in general. The next supporter, Chili, Silent, and Cress. Again, names, not my strong suit. It is a supporter and states, search your deck for up to three fusion Pokemon, reveal them, put them into your hand, and then shuffle your deck. So we have energy search and attachment, for that matter, and we have Pokemon search. I mean, again, we have supporters that help this Mew get set up with all of its tools on the bench. It helps get fusion energy on the board, which we know is important. The only question is... How playable are these cards as supporters? And that's something that as it's easy to look at right now and say they're really good because of their text. 
but it's not easy to say, okay, am I playing this over a boss? Am I playing this over a Barney? Am I playing this over a professor? There's a lot of cards you need to take into consideration. I think there are times where these cards will come into play, but how good do you think they actually will be? Um, I I think I'll see Chili, Sil- Silent, and Crest more often. I think I would see Elisa's, Alessa Sparkle, Elisa Sparkle, Lassa Sparkle, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's if you see those rapid strike decks or single strike decks, you usually have your bosses, you have your researches, and you have uh, Marnies, but Every zone is like taking at least a couple of uh, trainers from their specific fighting style. Mm-hmm. Um, what I like about the uh, Chili, Silent, and Crest card is that it's three fusion Pokemon in general. So you can take a, a Evolutionary, uh, VMAX, whatever you really need. So I could see this being played, but. I think what would really push it over the edge is if I think we brought this point up a while back ago, how these setup cards are so important when you had things like Tapu Lele, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if the fusions got a card like Tapu Lele, where you're able to tra- search a trainer card in your deck, then I think these become way more prevalent in at least a two to three of for at least Chili, Cillian, and Cress. That's fair. That's very fair. I, I think they will find a spot in a deck, not as a four of, as a one or two of, and kind of just go from there. Fusion Arts, we did... Part of, our, part of our predictions is that it would be sort of a battle style-ish thing, so I guess we had one prediction that ended up being right. Obviously, when you list a bunch of them, odds are you'll hit on one of them eventually. I think it'll be cool to see how this gets incorporated into the meta. And a nice way to wrap this up before we end the show is just by saying I think Fusion Arts is it's a very strong archetype at the moment, just looking at it on its surface. That being said, though, I don't think it's a pick-up-and-play art uh, style, kind of like maybe Single Strike could be. Even Rapid Strike, I think, is a little easier than Fusion Arts to pilot. So that kind of evens it out for me. I'm really excited to play Fusion Arts. I probably will be playing it because of the way I construct decks and the way that I approach things from a very toolbox point of view. Yeah. I, in comparison, I want to pick your brain on this one. When Rapid Strike and Single Strike got revealed, I don't, in my opinion, I don't think it was as strong showing as Fusion Art has shown right now. When the fusion art, when we just saw read about the fusion art stuff, we were already popping decks into our, our brains and putting things into pieces already. Where rapid strike and single strike, we had those possibilities, but like there's great confidence in a lot of the things that we just read about. Yeah, I, I well, you know, I, I gotta be fair though. It's it's being compared to styles that weren't how do I say this. Fusion Arts has counters to styles that already exist, whereas the previous battle styles had nothing else to compare to. That's true. You know, we didn't know what was going to happen, but now we know the landscape of things. So mm-hmm. I do agree with you. It is a much more much more uh, uh, solid showing. And I, I, 
I'm excited for it, man. I just am, and I don't think it's broken. I think it is a difficult archetype to play, and I'm just super excited to see what it holds for us. Really, really excited. I can't, I can't explain that enough. Yeah, I, like I said, I can, like I said before, I can see you playing this style completely. Um, I might dabble in this, depending on what else comes out, solely based on the fact that this style has power tablet. And I've seen, like I said, what e-power has done for the electric types, and that was strong for the longest time. Right. No, I, I can't agree more. With that being said, that wraps up our show. We are curious to hear what you have to say about Fusion Arts. If you have any thoughts, feel free to message us, add us on Twitter, message us on Facebook, whatever you would like to do. Again, also, if you would love to leave us a review, that would be awesome, especially the iPhone, Apple listeners. I know there is a review base for you to do that. We would really appreciate any feedback that you have. Also, with that being said, we have a week until Evolving Skies releases, correct? I believe so. I was looking at our Discord channel for our store, and uh, where people were asking about the Evolving Skies, and the guy, the person who owns the store says that comes out next week, and I'm like, oh, I kind of forgot about that. We've been talking about all these different things like fusions and other stuff like that and tournament results, and how excited we are for actually Evolving Skies. Kind of forgot about the release date. Yeah, that's all. I mean, we have a lot of cool stuff coming, so enjoy Pokemon. Enjoy opening the set next week, or if you got pre-sale stuff, enjoy opening that leading up to the set's release. With that all said, again, thank you guys for supporting us. We hope you enjoy your weekend, time with family and friends, and we will see you next time.